Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Double checking to make sure I actually turned the music off today. I think I did. Good for me. Looking at myself in the camera, I feel like this hat sits a little high on the old Domeru, but doesn't matter. I got a fun shirt on today. It's Tech Mobile Day here in the Vespers household. What does that mean? Well, it just means I put on this shirt that says Tech Mobile. Otherwise, it means we've got a Wednesday to recap here on Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Vespers. Thanks so much for watching, listening, subscribing, and liking however you take in this content. And uh, if you're feeling so inclined, if you feel moved, if the spirit of fantasy sports moves you to drop a five-star review on the uh, traditional pod channels. Thank you to everybody that's made this just an unbelievable start to a season, the run-up part of the year, September, October, the growth of the podcast, the growth of YouTube, the growth of sports ethos has all been pretty damn cool. One thing that I have not been doing a good job of over the last couple of days on this show is starting with the news. It's sort of slipping into the show as we talk about upcoming games or games that just started. So I want to change the uh, format just a little bit today to talk breaking news first, if there's anything breaking. So stuff that kind of pops up like first thing in the morning here. Then we'll get into the recap of last night. Then we'll do a little bit of a quick preview of what's coming up this evening. And uh, if there's any time, we'll hit a few questions from the chat room. As you guys have probably noticed, I don't have quite as much time to hit all of the questions. So if you're here, you're watching, you want to throw one in there, make sure you do so on the early end because I will likely go through them chronologically. Which means the folks that post your question partway through the show, they just might not get answered. Okay, all that said, uh, we'll do some promo in the middle of the show. Right now, I just want to jump in. We got a report this morning from Shams that Boyan Bogdanovich is day-to-day. Could be back uh, as soon as tonight, actually. I think the Pistons have another ball game here. Um, so you might get his debut. It's not going to be a full complement of minutes right out of the shoot. So don't expect him to explode on night one. But check your league. He's only rostered in about 60% of Yahoo leagues, which means that you may be in one where he's not. And if he's not, you should stash at this point, especially when he's this damn close. Assuming there's a week, week and a half, two weeks, something like that, ramp up to get his legs underneath him and so forth, understanding that along the way you might have a couple of decent ball games. But the Pistons have lost a franchise record. Is it 15 now? Games in a row. They haven't won a game in the month of November. They've got the Knicks, so it ain't getting any easier. They're going to have to change something. And watching that game, I haven't watched that many Pistons games live, I'll be honest with you guys, because uh, most of the time I have a, a pretty good feel for what's going on out there. It's just like not much is changing with Detroit. But this is an opportunity for kind of a delta for them. Something's changing. So one, you should watch it. But two, if you haven't, you should watch the Pistons because they're very bad offensively. They have issues defensively. It's just a mess all the way around. So like you get a veteran that can score back in the mix. They're probably going to play him. That's my thought. Like, what could it possibly hurt? They simply could not be any worse than they are right now. So if you're thinking, will he get minutes? The answer is probably because they're awful. All right, let's uh, let's dive in. Let's talk a little bit about what happened yesterday. Speaking of Lakers-Pistons, they were the first game on the docket last night. D'Angelo Russell went nuts. There's... 
By the way, the uh, a stat popped up last night on D'Lo. This is the first time a Lakers guard has scored 35 points on 17 shots or less since Kobe Bryant, which doesn't eliminate that many like legitimately good players because since then, guards have mostly been kind of filling in around LeBron. But still kind of a fun little stat. And when D'Lo gets hot, he gets so hot. Not Kobe. I mean, Kobe was... But like that next level hot when he really got cooking. But there is something exciting about watching a player in the NBA that that gets on these heaters in the middle of a ball game, like the heat check guys, where they start just taking like idiotic shots that have no business going in, and they're going in. And D'Lo is one of those guys, and it's why he actually ended up and talking. You know, we talked many times about that Utah Minnesota Lakers trade last year. It's why everybody got happy at the end of that one. Lakers got D'Lo because they needed somebody that could just get hot around LeBron. Minnesota got Conley, who's the veteran boat-steering type. There's been a lot of really cool stories about Mike Conley's leadership in Minnesota over the last week. You should go seek those out if you haven't. And and this is a good reason why. And with this gigantic ballgame, D'Angelo Russell pushed himself back up inside the top 65 on the year. I think he's now number 62 in 9-cat, he's played in all 19 of the Lakers games, which actually makes him number 30 by totals, believe it or not. Some of that's because the Lakers have played a game or two more than some of the other teams, but a lot of that's because he hasn't missed a game yet, as Dan knocks on his desk. Uh, 17.5 points, 6.5 assists. I said it right after the first like two or three games of the year. Uh, you know, He wasn't somebody I was targeting in drafts, but he just kept falling outside the top 100, so I ended up with him in a couple of spots, and I couldn't be more pleased. But this is not a D-Low show, because nothing really changed there. And frankly, nothing really changed with the Lakers, because this is a blowout. So you got blowout minutes for guys like Christian Wood, who put up some numbers late. Ignore. Cam Reddish came back, played off the bench as he gets sort of revved back up again. He might be a steals guy if there are a few more games before, say, Rui Hachimura gets back. We know Jared Vanderbilt is starting to get closer, but they'll bring him along kind of slowly. So there might be a window for Reddish to be a steals stream but that'd be about as far as I'd go with any Lakers stuff. Pistons are a disaster. Uh, they took a ton of three-pointers yesterday because that's basically what the Lakers were daring them to do. Pistons are a bad three-point shooting team, and not surprisingly, it's a strategy that kind of worked because uh, Detroit shot 41% for the ball game. It uh, doesn't put them in a great position to go get rebounds, and the Lakers won a rebounding battle for the first time in God knows how long. And nobody was good for the Pistons. Uh, Jaden Ivey fouled out in 19 minutes. D'Lo just worked him. Uh, Jalen Duran got eaten alive by Anthony Davis. And they weren't going to push him late in the ballgame because he's dealing with ankle stuff sort of systemically. And so you had nobody with a good game for Detroit. And I feel like we need to go a tiny bit deeper on the Pistons. Now, with Boyan Bogdanovich coming back, it's, it shakes things up a little bit. But the main point here is that, well, first of all, let's start with the guys you're holding, obviously. You're holding Cade Cunningham, you're holding Jalen Duran, you're holding Asar Thompson, who I did have on my sell board yesterday because I still felt like he was going to go farther down before he rebounded back up again, and this game was a shining example of where that could go, although, you know, he did fine, at least in field goal percent. Um, it just, to me, felt like his defensive stats and rebounds were going to continue to go the wrong way. Some of it in this game was because he only played 21 minutes blowout city like no reason to extend your young guys however if thompson continues to trend down this hard he'll actually very quickly move back onto the buy board something to keep in mind 
So those are your three guys, and then add Boy onto the list that you're like, okay, I think I'm okay with these dudes. But then these other dudes are bouncing on and off of rosters. I think Jaden Ivey's a guy you're going to hold on to a little bit longer just to see how this thing plays out. Uh, it's not clear who goes to the bench with Boyan coming back. Probably nobody when he makes his debut. But after, what, two or three games, is it going to be Isaiah Stewart that hits the pine? Is it going to be Ivy and sliding Cunningham back down to point guard? We don't actually know. So you can hang on to Ivy for now. But I'll say this. I don't think the 9-cat upside is all that great for Jaden. Turnovers, free throws, field goal. Like, there's going to be a lot of stuff where he's going to have to overcome to hit value. And when the team is this bad and when you're not the primary guy, it's pretty hard to overcome that. So I don't know that you need to hang on to him in any format. I'd try to in head-to-head just to see how it goes. But Roto, you can probably look somewhere else. Wizards got blown out again. Once again, Kyle Kuzma was the only whiz who played over 30 minutes. He was the only whiz who played over 28 minutes in this ballgame. Denny Avdia had some pain in his arm. Says he's fine. We'll see for their next ballgame. But at least he did play well leading up to it. And after he went through kind of a little bit of a dip, warm start to the year, then a mini dip. Now he's back inside the top 100 after this ballgame. Jordan Poole was a little bit better. I mean, you'll take it. This is, I mean, absolutely a game you take. Daniel Gafford only got two shots off in 26 minutes. That's unfortunate, but he did still make both of them and somehow salvaged his game with, you know, perfect shooting and three defensive stats. He's a hold. Tyus Jones, I have to put on as a hold. <laughs> it's my wife calling me right in the middle of a podcast, so I think we may actually have to pause the show for just a second. You guys enjoy the music while I find out if everything's okay. Okay, everything's fine. I didn't even bother to turn the music on. That went quickly. Sorry, guys. Um, family stuff. You know, it's reality. I thought I had a window here. Uh, so Tyus Jones is where we were talking. And I totally understand the frustration. I am also frustrated. I thought he was going to have a much better year. But he's not getting normal minutes, ever. Uh, so ever, I guess, is not entirely accurate. Because basically every time he has gotten normal minutes, he's put up a nice fantasy line. See, you know, three or four and five games ago. Wizards have competitive games against Milwaukee and Charlotte in those. And Tyus Jones had good ball games. He scored 18 points with three assists, two rebounds in the other one. He had 13 and seven with a couple of steals in the game after that. Oh, excuse me. I actually looked at the wrong ball game. Then he had a 22 7 and seven game with a steal. Like, we've seen it. Every time he gets to 29 minutes, he puts up a good fantasy line. It's just that too many of these damn games are decided super early. He doesn't clear 26. And then there's just sort of not quite enough there so what the hell do we do i think you gotta hold because we've seen it a thousand times when he gets starters minutes he's a good fantasy player and there just aren't that many guys on the waiver wire where you can say oh yeah like he's he could be a good and on top of that how many of the guys are you picking up on the wire are the starting point guard or is the starting point guard for an nba team very, very few. This is a starter who, if his crap dink team could just play a game that's within 10 points in the final five minutes, he'd get 29 minutes and he'd put up a good line. The problem is that we are now, I don't know how many freaking games deep for the Wizards, but that's only happened, let's see, how many games of the Wizards plays that were actually competitive in the fourth quarter? One, two, three, four... Five, six, seven, eight. Is that it? Eight? 
Eight out of what? 18? Is that where we're at right now? Absurd. But it should also be a like very strong reminder that you know this team is running on f- like less than 50% competitive basketball games, which is very unusual. Even for a bad team, usually they kind of hang in there a little bit. I cannot imagine that this team plays more than 50% blowouts. I cannot imagine that over the course of an entire year, they play more than 50% blowouts. That seems nuts. Could it happen? Yes. But the odds still seem somewhat low, which means that at some point here, they're going to play four, five, six out of seven games, something like that, that are a little bit more competitive. And then Tyus Jones, he's like a top 60 guy when he gets starters minutes. It's just happening 45% of the time. The rest of the time, he's getting bench player minutes, and he's like a top 150 guy in those. How do we reconcile that? You kind of have to hold on. Kuzma, uh, you guys know my take on Kuz. I still think he's probably a sell-high guy. Uh, He fell like 20 slots with this game yesterday simply because like, he didn't shoot the ball well or get defensive stats. It, It just... He's, he's going to score a bunch, and he's going to have a ton of usage, but he's another guy where you can see the bottom kind of fall out a little bit. So try to get somebody inside the top 60 for Kuz if you can, because it's going to be hectic, and the Wizards being this bad, Kuzma and Jones, sadly, and Poole, and Gaffer, everybody else, all these guys are risks to take days off going forward. I think we can move a little bit faster on most of the other teams from yesterday, but I felt like the Wizards needed a little more discussion Franz Wagner's been on a heater. Uh, I've talked down on him a few times, but he's been great lately. I think he's rolling top 40 the last week or two, and that's pushed him up inside the top 70 on the year. Um, He's taken more control of the team than I expected, honestly. Uh, I thought that he was going to maintain kind of the same job as last year, but there are a lot of games where he's just like, yeah, my team right now. Now, uh, playing against the Wizards helps everybody. But, you know, hang on, run that out. Cole Anthony is on a heater for the freaking ages. He's still not inside the top 130 on the year, but over the last week, he's a top 25 guy. Is this going to last forever? No, it's not. He's out there, and he is just, like, mad firing. But enjoy it. It's okay to stream a guy who's super-duper hot, just understanding that it's probably not a rest-of-season thing. And that's okay. And if Markel Fultz over resurfaces, then everything gets shifted. Someone was asking me like two days ago if they should drop Jalen Suggs. No, he's number 64. He's one of the best steals guys in the NBA this year, and it's not a fluke. He's freaking everywhere. Also, Goga Batadze, top 100, 110 center stream these days. That's actually probably good enough in a lot of formats. So feel free to drop him in there if you'd continue to need kind of a center with limited potential. That's okay. He's only 31% rostered. So folks generally don't feel like they need it, but you could. Devin Booker turned an ankle about halfway through this ball game. He was in the middle of having a very bad game anyway, uh, but the ankle was not the reason for that. It was certainly the reason that he couldn't get anything going late in this ball game. but this is like... like the, it's, it's not a victory lap, people. Um, Booker fell to number ten, uh, 13, excuse me, from number 7 in one day. 
And unfortunately, that's what happens if you're at the top of the board and you don't have even a good game. This was a very, very bad one. Bad shooting, like no peripheral stats. But we kind of knew something like this was coming. Not this bad. I didn't think this was going to happen. Um, we just knew that a lot of the stuff he was doing was not full-time sustainable. And then on top of that, like there was just no way he was going to take 22 shots a game if the team ever got healthy. I still think you can sell high after this ball game, and if he's dealing with now an ankle injury, this may be not the time to do it, but that's why he was on my sell board yesterday. If Booker misses time, we get more Kevin Durant versus the universe kind of ball games, and you know, if you've got KD in a bunch of spots, which I do, I ain't all that upset about it. I ended up with a lot of Kevin Durants this year. People are like, oh no, he's always going to miss time. Yeah, his stuff isn't really like the nagging injury type. He's just got to dodge that one weird one every year. Uh, if Booker misses a game, you can probably stream Eric Gordon, by the way, just to flip that out into the mix. I don't know if you want to get out in front of that and pick up Eric Gordon. There's some droppable guys these days, but eh, feel free. Scotty Barnes got going late. OG Ananobi was a little bit better in this ballgame. I'd still like to see him a bit more involved on offense. I mean, Precious Achua took as many shots as OG did in this game, but at least Ananobi had three steals, so it's a step in the right direction. Still think he's a buy low. Still think OG finds his way into the 60s. As the year goes, so if you can buy for something, you know, one and a half, two rounds back of that, that would be the, the way to do it. No other particularly strong thoughts on the Raptors after that ball game. Memphis beat Utah. Utah? Who's Utah? Utah, 105-91. Walker Kessler, 9-8 and eight with six blocks in 28 bench minutes. He's back, baby. You're good to go there. Larry Markkinen would probably be useful for this Jazz team right now because uh, Simona Fontecchio is starting, and he did four three-pointers in this game, but that's sort of a big who cares. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. People were asking me what they should do with Omer Yurtsevin. That was very surprising. Nothing. He's a, he should be best left alone. And then we probably need to go into a little more detail on Keontae George, who, look, as far as the Roto side goes, he was more of a kind of luxury stash to see how this thing panned out because it looked like maybe he was going to get a bunch of assists. You know, it hurts him when Markinen is not in there because he doesn't have one of his best options to pass to. But also, he's still a very young guy. So I think if you're if you're trying to figure out what to do with George after another bad ball game, your head-to-head side, you're probably sitting on him, see where this thing develops. Roto, I think you could probably go find something better. 
individual game, hot streamers, things of that nature, and I'm totally fine with that. Memphis, hey, JJJ finally had a better ball game. Came up with six blocks. That's a nice little boost for him. He jumped about 12 rank slots with one decent ball game yesterday. He's up to 2.4 defensive stats now combined. Still needs to get that field goal percent up from 41. But you know what? We'll take the good where we can get it. The bigger stories on the Memphis side is that they rotated their starting lineup to get David Roddy and Derek Rose in there. And uh, Derek Rose in particular was extraordinarily effective. He was a plus 20 in this game. David Roddy hit a bunch of three-pointers, but doesn't really do much else. And so you kind of look at his numbers and you're like, well, what happens if he doesn't shoot 7 out of 11 from the field? And the answer is uh, not a particularly juicy fantasy line. I don't know that you have to race out and grab any of these guys. Also, Bismarck Biombo continued to start at center. Uh, Santi Aldama moved to the bench, still ended up doing a decent amount. So I'm not dropping Aldama yet. I think I would consider Derek Rose as a pickup with the very obvious caveat that he's not gonna his body's not gonna be able to withstand whatever punishment a starting job is gonna do. Like this is a guy who can play 18, 20 minutes of ball game max for a couple of weeks, and then he needs time off. So enjoy it, but I think even the Grizzlies know that this is not a long-term solution. He cannot possibly log 25, 26, 27 minutes a night. If you want to run him out there tomorrow, they've got a back-to-back. He's probably going to sit one of those, honestly. Uh, we don't know which of the halves he's going to play, but if you want to run him out there for whichever one he's in, have at it. Just know that you know this is more of like a roto spot play as opposed to head-to-head because he's not going to play every ball game and the day you need most, he's probably going to be hurt. Best move here is probably see what the hell happens in the next ball game. But if you really, if you're feeling trigger happy and you want to go do something, you probably play Derrick Rose in whichever of those two head to head or whichever of those two back to back games he's actually upright for. Philly was without Joel Embiid. I unfortunately was out of the house when that news came down, so I didn't get a chance to pick up Paul Reed, who didn't do all that much. So I guess I feel less terrible about it, but still, Reed's a guy that uh, you want to play when Embiid sits. The the good will outweigh the bad in those situations. Nick Batum got hurt mid-ball game. I think it was hand, what was uh, finger, sorry. The, the screen tells me it's finger. I don't know if he's going to miss another ball game. He's Nick Batum. He's old as hell, which means you could probably pick up Rob Covington and just try to sort of stay in front of that thing. Kelly Oubre could also resurface here in the not-too-distant future. So whatever you're doing here, understand it's not for a particularly long time. But generally, if you can squeeze a starter's minutes game out of Rob Covington, you do want to do it. That's the only reason I bring it up, is that when he gets 25 or more minutes, he can put up a seriously well-rounded fantasy line. As you saw last night, four threes, a steal, some rebounds. You got to go back like two weeks to the last time he played normal starter's minutes, and in that one he had 16 points. Uh, no threes, oddly enough. Couple of steals, six rebounds. He gets steals, he gets blocks, all that kind of stuff. But even if he starts, there's no guarantee he gets more than 21 minutes. So understand that the floor could be kind of uh, not the prettiest thing in the universe, but he should be pretty available. He's only 6% rostered across fantasy leagues. So he's going to be available a lot of them. And what, Philly plays? Yeah, they play tomorrow in Boston. They'll probably need him to play some defense. Just make sure you don't start him if Nick Batum is back. 
or Kelly Oubre's back. All of those things would blow up a Rob Covington situation. So you got Eric Gordon and you got Rob Covington right now if you guys wanted to sort of step in front of it. Uh, or Derek Rose. A lot of interesting will-they-won't-they they guys that we won't have more information on for a little bit. Uh, CJ McCollum, what a fun little tidbit. He came back after only three and change weeks from a uh, partially compressed lung, which I realize probably sounds horrifying. It's actually when air gets into the space around the lung and creates pressure externally that deflates the lung. It is scary, uh, but it's not typically life-threatening if they can sort of catch it and, you know, guys are getting nailed in the ribs, then these are things that they can usually find. So CJ seems to be fine. He played 28 minutes. Weird he was going to be on minutes cap, but it's a pretty high one, your first game back. All streamers are dunzo for New Orleans, who, by the way, they're going to get a lot better now with CJ back. Herb Jones is in one of those lulls. You knew this was going to happen after the insane start he had to the year. He's fine. Hold. Even if he falls off a bit, which we all knew he was going to, and we talked about relentlessly on the show, you know, he wasn't going to be a second-round pick all year. But now he's going to go through a slow spell. The field goal percent is going to come back to earth. The blocks are going to come back to earth. He's going to dip back down. But he's still, right now at least, while Trey Murphy's out, seems to profile as a guy that sits inside the top 100. And that's a startable guy, even if it's a pretty big drop back from where he was. What happens when Trey Murphy comes back? I don't know. We'll deal with that. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Freddie Van Vliet missed this ballgame for Houston. Hopefully it's a short-term thing. Aaron Holiday got the start and didn't factor into the fantasy equation at all. So basically move on. No news for Houston. Denver had some news. Jamal Murray came back, uh, played 22 minutes, and kind of tweaked a knee in this ballgame. It wasn't well-reported, um, but shout-out to um, Mark Pereira, let me see if I can make sure I get his name right. One of our longtime listeners, longtime Twitter followers, who was actually at the ball game. Uh, I think he covers Utah a little bit, but he lives up in the mountains there. So he was there, and he said that at the end of the game, Jamal Murray was actually moving pretty gingerly. So that's something we should keep an eye on. Nothing in the reports about it yet, but just, you know, one eye on it. Justin Holiday continued to start for Aaron Gordon. He actually had a decent ball game here, but you're not going to play Justin Holiday if, unless you're in a relatively deep league. And then assuming Jamal Murray is okay, Reggie Jackson goes back to being pretty much an afterthought. And we continue. Final game from last night. Clippers caught the Kings in a maximum letdown mode. Those of you that watched our recap show yesterday, you heard me talk about the fact that this was the prototypical letdown game. The Kings had an overtime, emotional, 20-some-odd-point comeback win over the Warriors to clinch a spot in the NBA Cup quarterfinals. And then they had to host the Clippers, who were coming off getting beat by the Nuggets without two, three, 60% of their starters. And this one just had all the makings of a team that just wasn't going to have their full attention. And sure enough, the Clippers came in. Harden got them off to a great start. Kawhi got cooking. And the Kings never really recovered from that. Although it was fun to see the old guys for the Clippers get going. And so this is an, a kind of an interesting little moment, too. James Harden right now is number 34 in 9-cat. And it doesn't really feel like he's done anything yet. In fact, he's averaging under 10 shots a game so far with the Clippers. You can't buy low after this one. Because Harden had a big ball game with five threes and five steals. And five for five at the free throw line. Yahtzee! And six assists. 
obviously you're not buying low after this one. But there probably will be games where you can buy low again with this team. I don't think this is just like the magical fix at all. The Kings defensively are very up and down. They've had some games where they get a crap ton of deflections and then other games where they're like nowhere to be found. And now the Clippers are on a back-to-back -back in Golden State. So the sort of the, the Bay Area and adjacent properties back-to-back. -back. They drive down 80 to the Bay. Are they going to have a lot in their tank for this one? I don't know. Are they going to play their guys, all of them, for this one in another back-to-back? Because, -back? you know, Kawhi's played in the last few, but you know, the last back-to-back -back was only a week ago. Did he have time to recover? Warriors defensively will probably be better tonight than the Kings were last night. All things to consider. Still, not complaining. Kawhi Leonard's big game pushed him up to number 21 on the year in 9-cat. I still think we're going to see his free throw and field goal number trend upward. Um, and then everything else will just sort of level off. And, and like this is the magic of the top of the board this year. Kawhi's really not doing anything all that poorly this season. Uh, it's just that everybody else has been insane. And I still believe there are a handful of guys in front of Kawhi that are just going to fall back. And that will move him up the board. But either way... You can't buy low after a giant ball game. That's the rule. You just have to wait until they cool off a little bit. And no, you're not picking up Terrence Mann. He's been super quiet before this one. As far as the Kings go, Darren Fox was the only player on the whole damn team who seemed like he was remotely engaged in this ball game. Malik Monk got 28 minutes again. If he got 28 minutes every night, I'd be kind of excited about him, but he doesn't. And my only Kings thought is, could you possibly buy low on Keegan Murray while he's out right now? Maybe. Meanwhile, Demonis Sabonis is still ranked in the 40s. Nobody's talking about the fact that Sabonis is having kind of a, I don't want to say a down year, but he's he's scoring a little bit less, and more than anything, his free throws have been an epic mess. You could probably buy low on Sabonis if anybody noticed. Doesn't feel like anybody noticed. Ah, well. All right, so that's yesterday. Mostly the story of last night is the handful of guys you could sort of grab if you thought they were going to get a start in the next one. So Eric Gordon, um, Rob Covington, Derek Rose. Ah, I'm not as high on David Roddy, but David Roddy also kind of in the mix as we sort of scroll our way back up the board, make sure I'm not forgetting anybody. And then the Boyan Bogdanovich stash, in assuming that he is back here in the very near future. We have an extremely busy Thursday for the first time in a long time, and some of that's because uh, things are about to slide into this sort of in-season tournament, quieter, weird schedule of next week. All the teams are trying to mash in a bunch of games at the end of this one. Uh, but before we get into the Thursday look ahead, I want to remind everybody, take a second to drop some questions in the chat room. I will get to those that I can. Right now, there aren't a ton of them, which is good. But also, please like and subscribe. I know some of you are watching and you're thinking, I don't know if I want to subscribe. That feels like a lot of work. Please do it. And if you're listening, please do it. That's critical. Mission critical stuff. I need you guys hitting those buttons. Hit the like button. There's like 70 of you watching here and only, I think, 13 of you have actually hit the thumbs up. So please take a second, hit that thumbs up, make sure that I can see it happen, and then I'll, I promise I'll keep talking about stuff that, that's actually going on here. Hey, want to remind you guys, uh, holiday season. Hanukkah's like a week away. Christmas is three and then change weeks away. Friends, get something at Manscaped and make your life super simple. Ethos20, Ethos20 is the coupon code. Get 20% off and free shipping on your order. 
Right now, my face, I haven't used Manscaped in the last little bit. Like, look at, the, look at this ugly mug. Let me make it bigger for you guys. Look at my neck right now. It's furry. This is terrible. After this pod, I'm actually going to go shave using all Manscaped stuff. I'm going to use the Lawnmower 3.0 with an attachment to bring the beard in. I'm going to use the Handyman to get the cheeks. I'm going to use the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra to take care of some neck stuff. And by tomorrow, I'm going to be doing this show and you guys are going to be like, oh my God, look at that handsome devil. Or you might just be like, oh, hey, Dan's got less hair on his face. Either way, Manscaped has the best damn male grooming products on the internet, in the universe, however you want to frame it. Ethos 2020, 20% off and free shipping. Take care of your holiday stuff right this second. Don't worry about it later. Save your money. Get your presents. Knock them out. And you know what? You know what else I did yesterday? I trimmed my toenails with the Manscaped shears. This thing's awesome. We use this on every single person in our house now. It's a whole luxury nail kit, but that's just the clipper. Go do something at Manscaped. They'll keep sponsoring us, and I can keep getting cool stuff too. So, you know, selfishly. Please? Okay. What do we got coming up tonight? Let's make it bigger for everybody that's watching. You guys can see this thing in gigantor mode. There it is. Portland is in Cleveland. The Blazers are sort of nothing. I mean, you guys can pay attention to Scoot on the day-to-day if you want, but we know how this arc is going to go from watching a billion rookies over history. Cavs, nothing. Charlotte, uh, we know LaMelo's out for a little bit now. I I have to admit, I, I really thought Gordon Hayward was going to do more. I'm giving him a week, as I said a couple days ago. Other than that, I don't think you have to think about too much with Charlotte. You can roll Brandon Miller because he's been hot lately. I don't know if you have to, but you could. Brooklyn. Cam Thomas, I believe, is back for this ball game. Oh, hey, and oh, more. Hey, more breaking news in the middle of the show. Oh, my God, there's breaking news everywhere. Anthony Edwards was not present at shoot-around, so he is doubtful for Minnesota's game. Holy moly. Um, Cam Thomas says he will play tonight. Jeez. Trey Murphy could be back as soon as tomorrow. Nick Batum and Kelly Oubre were both full participants at Sixers practice. Holy crap, there's a lot of news happening right now. Okay, so quickly on the news before we get back into talking about the Nets, because the Cam Thomas one is relevant. If Trey Murphy's getting close to making his debut, make sure he's stashed just to see how that whole thing shakes out. Uh, If Kelly Oubre and Nick Batum were both full participants in practice, you don't need to worry about picking up Rob Covington. That's definitely off the table now. And you definitely don't need to worry about picking up Nick Batum because Oubre is going to be the guy once he gets fully healthy. Uh, And then if Anthony Edwards is out, it will be interesting to see who steps in and takes his job. It sounds like Troy Brown Jr. in the reporting is going to be the starter, but that really doesn't mean he puts up numbers. I'd be more inclined to think that either Nikhil Alexander-Walker gets enough shots now to be relevant, or Kyle Anderson comes in and does a little bit more orchestrating. So something along those lines will be a part of it. So uh, good news all the way around with a bunch of guys likely coming back, and then not great news on the uh, Anthony Edwards front. But as far as Brooklyn goes, I'd be worried if I was rolling Spencer Dinwiddie lately. He's been super hot, but Cam Thomas is going to come in there, and he's going to take a bunch of the shots away. Probably does put a dent into Cam Johnson as well, which is a shame because he was just getting super fired up. But I'm not worried about these guys. I'm not worried about Cam Johnson. I'm a little worried about Dinwiddie. Cam Thomas, you could probably give him a game to get his legs underneath him. I don't know that you necessarily have to start him this first game back. But uh, that's good news, certainly, on that front. Uh, 
Detroit, let's see what happens on the boy on front. We talked about that. For the Knicks, let's see if the Josh Hart complaining actually has any lasting impact. This game also screams blowout, so we'll see. Knicks favored by 14 and a half. Yucky. But anyway, I was just ready to quit Josh Hart, and then he had 29 good fantasy minutes in their last ball game. Indiana is sort of a big I don't care these days. It looks like they're settled back in, although I, I did get some questions about what to do with Buddy Heald after one slightly lower-minute game. He's a hold as a starter. There's no question on that. The Heat, we need the injury report. They're one of the teams where we haven't had any injury news so far today. Uh, but presumably we'll find out later on if Jimmy Butler is in. If he is, you got to rethink a lot of your streamers. When he and Bam were both playing, Duncan Robinson was the guy who was still putting up numbers. Since Butler went out, you saw what much more out of Kyle Lowry and Jaime Aquez and Josh Richardson, who definitely turns into a no if Butler's back. Uh, Jaquez and Lowry are maybes. Probably they, you know, long-term, if, if that was the lineup and Tyler Hero never came back, which he will, but let's just sort of hypothetically say, what if Hero never comes back? What would that mean Lowry and Jaquez were in a universe where it's Butler, Bam, and Robinson all in? Those guys would probably be borderline startable. Probably a yes, but iffy. But again, we got to find out. We got to wait. We don't know who's playing yet. Lakers, kind of a tough back-to-back, although they did get to rest most of their guys late. We've seen the Lakers have not fared great on the second half of back-to-backs. And honestly, it feels like a lot of teams have kind of struggled with the back-to-back. And I, I don't know if the energy is just higher expenditures or whatever. Um... But this Profiles has an awful matchup for L.A. They got nobody. They'll put Cam Reddish on. uh, They'll put him on Shea. But, like, without Jared Vanderbilt, that would have been a guy they would have used. Without Rui, they need that strength. I have no idea how the Lakers handle this ball game. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Nobody on the streaming side that I would consider. Oklahoma City. You know, I did in one league. I grabbed Isaiah Joe just on this idea that I don't know what's going to happen with Josh Giddy, but it feels like he's probably going to have to take some games off here in the not-too-distant future. Although I guess maybe the this investigation results in a whole lot of nothing, and then maybe he plays through it, but I did pick up Isaiah Joe in one or two spots just to feel it out. Also, this, all, this really does feel like the game where Jalen Williams wakes up for the Thunder. I mean, really, what's going to get you going other than playing Braun? If you want to buy low, this may be the time to do it. Hawks... Uh, I think we know what to do with Jalen Johnson out a while. Spurs. I haven't heard anything on Jeremy Sohan in a little bit. If he misses a game and Trey Jones gets to start, I think I would I think I would play him. The Bucks. Do we play another Malik Beasley stream? I guess. He hasn't cooled off yet. Bobby Portis has been disappointing lately. I haven't talked too much about Portis. I thought he was going to be better. And it seems like he's tapered off, even with Jay Crowder out. He's more of a head-to-head kind of guy. Doesn't really fill it up on the Roto side. So, you know, do with that as you will. Chicago, you've got basically all of the regulars questionable for this game, which feels like someone has lit the fuse on the TNT and they're just waiting to see if they need to kind of wet it and pinch it out. We'll see. Um, If everybody's out, you better jam Kobe White into your lineup. Probably Patrick Williams, too, but stay tuned. See who's play, who's in, who's out. Caruso's questionable. 
Uh, DeRozan's questionable. Levine is questionable. I think Vooch is the only regular who feels like he's going to play. And I think it's... I may be getting... Yeah, I'm not even going to talk about the contract stuff because I get that wrong. But I know they signed him to that three-year deal. Does that mean that they have to wait to trade him? I think it might. So perhaps... Perhaps that's at play here. And then we got a report from Yoan Bua, who covers the Lakers, saying that they're not interested in Levine. They're actually interested in DeMar and bringing Caruso back. So all these guys are starting to get in the mix, and it's just getting worse and worse in Chicago, which means it's definitely stash time now because the smoke is getting thicker. The flames are starting to emerge. It's getting hotter around the Bulls. Jazz, we uh, believe Markkinen's still out. I believe he was listed out for a couple of ball games. I think two games back. So you'll probably get a little bit of a repeat of what they've done the last few. They're going to need a lot of Walker Kessler here to deal with the Minnesota front court. But then we just talked about Anthony Edwards possibly being out. So could there be some sort of drop in to use for the Wolves? Um, yeah, I mean Nikhil Alexander Walker in a points league probably deserves a look. Uh, if Anthony Edwards. And Jaden McDaniels are both out, and it seems like they probably are. Like he, It feels like he's just going to have to take three or four more shots, don't you think? I kind of think. Could be wrong. Maybe that doesn't make him roto-friendly, but it feels head-to-head friendly. We talked Clippers already. Uh, Norman Powell is off the radar. And then the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins woke up in that last ball game. He, he got aggressive. He was attacking folks. I, I don't know that we see it again I, again, I like I picked him up in one league where he got dropped because, I mean, I would have dropped him. So I don't blame the team that did. I just thought you guys could check your waiver wires to see if somebody got impatient there too. So make sure the Warriors' wings that are off to terrible starts are uh, are on rosters. Chris Paul, by the way, his injury was listed as a nerve issue, and then Woj came out and was like, no, no, it's it's they consider him day-to-day, which took a big weight off my shoulders because when I heard nerve, I was like, oh, God, no, this is going to be two months. And they were like, oh, yeah, they think he's going to be back pretty soon. So whatever that means, maybe it's the kind of crap I got going on in my hip, which, old man, me and CP3, dude, we're only like two years apart. So I, I, I'm older. I shouldn't say I'd feel your pain, Chris Paul. You feel my pain. I'm older than you. Aw, mm, sad face. I'm older than everybody in the NBA now. Come back, Udonis Haslam. You were the only one. Abba Zabba, you my only friend. Um, anyway, Chris Paul should be back relatively soon. He was a little bit of a sell high with Draymond coming back. Now you can't do it because he's hurt. So it is what it is, what it is, what it is. So that's what's going on tonight. Let's do a few questions before we wrap up today's show. And I'll try to go in chronological order. And it looks like there's about 20. So maybe I could lightning my way through these. Let's see. Hey, you better be hitting the like button if I'm answering your damn question. I'll be pretty upset if I'm answering your questions and you didn't hit the thumbs up on the show. That's not cool, man. You could subscribe too. That would also be nice nice of you. This person's name is Hello. All right, Uncle Leo, what do you got? Which side are you taking? Edwards, Fox, and Clarkson, or Siakam, Turner, and Mitchell? Oh, Krapinski, dude. This is a big team turnover. All right, so Donovan Mitchell is your best per-game guy in that mix. Clarkson is kind of your throwaway guy in that mix uh, because he scores, but he's actually killing your team in more categories than he's helping. Edwards and Fox, in my opinion, are both guys that are going to end up somewhere between 20 and 40. Siakam, I don't know what the hell he ends up being, uh... 
but he be better than he's been so far this year. Siakam's been outside the top 100, mostly because his uh, percentages are kind of weighing things down, but he's averaging 27 and 5. Something's going to improve for him. My hope is that it's the uh, field goal or steals, but I have the, I have more faith in him improving than, say, Jordan Clarkson. Miles Turner, he's in the 30s. Donovan Mitchell is uh, up at the top. Yeah, give me the give me the Donovan Mitchell side. I like Edwards and Fox, but I think Donovan Mitchell and Miles Turner are at least equal to those guys, and then Siakam is way better than Clarkson. Is Fontecchio a grab? No. No. No, he's not. Points League. I traded Bain, Grant, and Jared Allen for JB, Jalen Brown, Jalen Duran, and OG Ananobi, and Draymond Green. Oh, man. <coughs> wow, we're doing all the giant trades this morning, aren't we? Um, yeah, you got depth, but um, I think I'm. I think I prefer getting the three. I think I prefer getting the three guys because Jared Allen could still improve over his numbers as well. Desmond Bain maybe comes down a tiny bit, obviously with with Jaw. Jalen Duran got that hot start. OG could work his way up the board a little. I think I might still prefer the first side, but. It's not like it's super lopsided here. What's your take on Bulls players in this busy week besides Levine and DeRozan? Is it okay to play Vooch in a weekly head-to-head or sit him? Yeah, I think I'd play Vooch. We haven't really heard about anything about him taking games off. So I'd play Vooch. Uh, you play Kobe White because all these guys taking games off, he'll do a bunch. I don't know that I'd go as far as playing Patrick Williams, but he's not totally off the board. 10-teamer. I need to drop a player to for Trey Murphy. Who should I drop? Austin Reeves, Zach Collins, John Collins, or Jabari Smith? <sighs> it's probably Zach Collins, unfortunately. I like what he's done from sort of an across-the-board production style. Um, but he's outside the top 100 because he hasn't been awesome in any one thing. John Collins would be probably the next one on that board because he's not all that far in front, but he's a little bit in front. And he doesn't hurt you in as many things as Zach Collins has. I also don't know that Trey Murphy's going to be a 10-teamer. Because with the Pels healthy, there's not a lot of wiggle room that he had last year. Can you recommend and elaborate a bit on streamers for the amazing New Orleans Friday, Saturday, Monday? The problem is that New Orleans doesn't really have any streamers now that C.J. McCollum's back. Sorry, guys. Especially if Trey Murphy pops up. You're kind of screwed there. Sorry. Who do I drop? Jaime Hakez or Duncan Robinson? Probably Hakez. Rest of season question. What are your thoughts on players on tanking teams versus players on contending teams? Guys like Jalen Duran, Mark Williams, Victor Wembanyama. How does losing so much affect these guys, if at all? Well, my hope is that you guys are either playing Roto with a games cap, so if they sit out the last two weeks, it's not that big of a deal. Or you're playing in a head-to-head league where your playoffs are over before the final two or three weeks. So it also wouldn't be that big of a deal. That is my hope. If you are stuck, however, in a league where the commissioner or Yahoo Public refuses to end it soon enough on the head-to-head side or impose a games cap on the Roto side, yeah, you probably need to be a tiny bit concerned. But one of the good notes is, it's not like Jalen Duran's a veteran that needs to take the end of the season off. Neither is Mark Williams, and certainly not Victor Wembanyama. I think I'd be more worried that these guys just get miscellaneous days off in the middle of the year, and they'll add up a little bit, but overall, it's not really something you can do about it, so ride it out. Here's another... Oh, it's the same question again. Someone says his backup is better. I'm not actually sure who that's in relation to. 
to some question that was up above, but I'm not really sure. Unless it's about me. Is my backup better? I don't have a backup. Who does this show when I'm not here? I should get a backup. John Collins' side or Brogdon and Siakam? Wait. Oh, John Collins and Brogdon or Siakam. Uh, you probably go Pascal and hope that he turns it around. How do we evaluate Max Struess as of now? Isn't top 35 rim just too much? Yeah, he's not a top 35 guy. Max Struess is number 57 per game in 9-cat. Uh, I don't know that he stays inside the top 60. I've been really excited about what he's done so far this year. He sure feels like a full-season dude, but yeah, no, not no, not top 35. I love Max Struess, but that's too high. Is Keontae George a 10-teamer? No. In fact, I don't know that he gets inside the top 100 on a consistent basis in any format, but if he does, it'd be real close to the end of the year. And the only way you could consider holding him that whole time is if it's head to head and like you just need his stats. But uh, Roto, I like, I don't, I don't think I can sit on him for long enough for it to matter. Boyan or Trey Murphy? Yeah, you know the funny thing is they might not be all that dissimilar. Trey Murphy's going to be uh, better defensively. Boyan is going to probably score more. I think I'd rather have Bogdanovich because last year we saw Trey Murphy get loose, but Brandon Ingram was out and Zion was out and CJ missed some time. Uh, I just, I don't have the same high hopes for Trey this year, especially now everybody's back. I thought maybe he'd beat McCollum back and have a little wiggle room, but like they've got a really good starting five. He's, likely going to be the bench gunner and so how much is there is a reasonable question i'm hoping there's enough because i have him in my il on a couple of yahoo public leagues where you have three il slots but i i honestly don't know and i'd rather probably have Boyan, mostly based on the fact that the pistons are terrible they need him and the pels are currently healthy would you rather have steph curry or De'Aaron fox steph What's the board in the back for? Hey, dude, so you must be relatively new. And this is fun. I like to tell this story once every month or something. This board behind me, and you can see the FJ Fantasy logo in the corner, they were kind enough, and you can also see the year. Right over here, it says Live Industry Mock Draft 2020, hosted by Dan Vespers. That's me. Uh, you guys might remember 2020 was a very unpopular year for being alive uh, because it was a pandemic. And so uh, the NBA season ended, restarted. We had a bubble. The playoffs ended in, like, October, November. And then the season started again seven weeks later. Um, so I thought it'd be fun, because everybody was doing everything on Zoom, to do our my annual Industry 9-cat mock draft on Zoom with all the other industry guys. Because what the hell were we all doing? We're all sitting at home with our kids screaming in the next room. Screw it. Anyway, the guys from FJ Fantasy were kind enough. They do these big boards. If you ever want to buy one and have a you know a draft party, they're very cool guys over there out of Cleveland, I think, somewhere in Ohio. Uh, they were on the Zoom call, and as the industry folks were making the picks behind me, they were slamming stickers on the board. They were in one of the windows. It was kind of hard to see. It, you know, it was all put together kind of last minute by me. You guys know I'm somewhat low-tech when it comes to the video side. But when it ended... Uh, I realized that they had this board sitting in their warehouse of all of our picks. And I was like, look, how much like how much would that cost to ship it to L.A.? And they were like 30, 40 bucks. I was like, here, take my 30 bucks. Or they might have even done it on the house. I don't remember. They're very nice guys. And they sent it to me. And at the moment, I was like, well, this is a fun 
toy to have, nice memory, nice keepsake from a terrible year. Uh, and then I realized that my bed frame, which is right on the other side of this, has a slot down below, right here, and I jammed them into it. And that's how I do my show every day. This big draft board behind me blocks a very messy bedroom because I live in a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment in West Los Angeles because things are very expensive in L.A. I don't know if you guys know that. Los Angeles is kind of pricey. We can't afford to go somewhere bigger. The kids' bedroom that they share was my office seven years ago. It's not anymore, and it'll never be again. My office became the corner of this room. I don't know if you guys remember when I used to do shows with Brewski, uh, the background was just my bed. I was like, I don't know a place to do a show. There were people in fantasy leagues that were renaming their teams Dan Bespris's unmade bed. It was absolutely hilarious, but then I realized, look, if we're going to put this stuff on YouTube, I can't do that. I need a background of some kind. Voila. There's your story. I got offered Mark Williams and DeMar DeRozan for Walker Kessler and OG Ananobi. Should I do it? It's pretty fair. I think Kessler is a little better than Mark Williams. I think DeRozan's a little better than OG. Pretty fair trade. Is Trey Murphy a better stash than Ben Simmons? Yes, because Trey Murphy's probably back this week, and Ben Simmons is... I don't want to be the most pessimistic person on earth, but I don't know that he's playing again this year. And if he does, it's probably like last year where he plays three games and then realizes it's not better. Who has the best upside in a 10-team points league? So really just a points league. Cam Johnson, Miles Bridges, or Boyan Bogdanovich? Unfortunately, it's Miles Bridges, uh, and then Cam, and then Boyan. Nine cap, nine cat Roto Games cap. Who to drop to activate Jalen Williams? Keontae George or Santi Aldama? Probably Aldama. Really, you could go either way. I'm not sure either of those guys is a is a nine cat Roto dude right now. Who's your better streamer for tonight? White is that Kobe White or Kyle Lowry? Well, if everybody on the Bulls is out, it's Kobe White. But if uh, a lot of the Bulls are back, then it's then it's Lowry. Is it time to trade Wemby? Hmm. Well, so it depends a lot on what you could get for him. Um, I'm I think the answer is probably no, because uh, he's number thirty two. Unless you could get like uh, someone inside the top twenty five, I don't think I would do it. Should I trade Porzingis or JJJ for Demonis Sabonis? Um, sure. Either one of those is fine, actually, in my eyes. I'm good. Are we expecting Larry Marketing back soon? Uh, hammy stuff that can linger a little bit. He got ruled out for two games at a time. I think he's going to get reevaluated this weekend. I'm expecting him back next week. You got the two-game week, though, so it's possible they might just be like, eh, what does it hurt us to rest him for one more? So maybe maybe set your mind to, like, December 13th, and if he comes back sooner, call, call it lucky. Which side is better in a points league? Trey Young, Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler, or Kyrie, Bogey, and Jalen Duran? It's probably the first one. Roto, do you think it's too much if I offer Paul George, Darius Garland, and Jamal Murray for Nikola Jokic? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that probably just blows too many holes in your team. Technically, on just, like, sheer value, that's fine. But I don't know that you can afford to give away your, like, second, third, and fourth round picks for a first. Uh, it might be too much to replace. Technically, it's fair, but I don't know. 
should I look to trade anyone? Here's my roster. This one's kind of tough, Jazz. Um, let's see. Curry Booker, Kyrie Levine, Beal, LeBron, Butler, Olenek. Wow, you got a lot of top dudes on that one. Wagner, Cam Thomas, Kobe White, Manuel Quickly, Harrison Barnes. Top-loaded. Um, I, I think LeBron was a guy I had on my sell list. I think he's a guy that trends down. He's, you know, basically like a career low in usage right now, but his stuff is being floated by exorbitant field goal percent uh, and very high steals and blocks. I, I think some of that stuff comes for, down for Braun. So if you can get a, a top 25 guy for Braun, that's probably the guy I try to move on your team. I thought you were a Dodger fan, Dan. What's with the Kansas City Royals hat? My kid was on the Royals. That was his Little League team. So I'm going to, every time his seasons end, I get to rotate a new hat onto my wall of hats, which is up here. There's not that many of them. MJ or LeBron. <laughs> oh, we're not talking fantasy right now. Um, I mean, it, it probably has to be Jordan. Although, what LeBron is currently doing is maybe the most impressive thing I've ever done. Because he's almost as old as me, and... You know, I need Tylenol to deal with a sinus headache most of the time, and LeBron is doing this. So who, who, who's going to have the most impressive overall career? It's probably LeBron, but who is the greatest single player or who had, like, the greatest single seasons and greatest single run? That's got to be MJ. Because what he did for the in his prime uh, is untouchable. He just beat everyone constantly. There was no hole in his armor ever. That's crazy. And LeBron, for as unbelievable as he is, like, there are times when people beat him. But his overall body of work, it probably puts LeBron in front. Like, because how do you not look at the whole thing? MJ retired twice. LeBron didn't. That's the difference. What's the cutoff for 10 team for you? Top 100, top 90? Yeah, probably 90. Cool show. Thanks, bud. Uh, found out what a basketball was five weeks ago. Completely new. Now 5-0, and oh, and people complaining that I stream too much. What to tell them? Legal has six to seven ad drops, depending on week length. You tell them stream too, you jerks. It's not your fault they allow six to seven moves a week. You're doing it right. They should be listening to my pod. Jalen Johnson or Chris Paul? Uh, well, depends on your team i mean if you can withstand a four-week jalen johnson absence then it's jalen johnson if you can't it's chris paul because it sounds like he's back pretty soon um let's see here uh you guys the questions came rolling in late you guys are now posting questions as i answer them who's the ad between bogdanovich and trey murphy points league yeah i'll go boy on what should i expect for us thompson um i think he probably bottoms out outside the top 100 and then comes rebounding back so this is a sell moment, and then when he bottoms out, it's a buy it back, if that makes any sense. Are you worried at all about Trey Murphy's well due to Jordan Hawkins? No, I'm worried about his role because everybody else is healthy. Dan, do you think Keontae George is going to be top 100? No. Not soon, at least. Is John Collins a 9-cat roto games cap guy? Yeah, he's probably around top 100. I'll say yes. Was offered Dame for Booker in a points league. Should I go for it? Yeah, I think I'd go Dame. I don't think it's that far apart, but I think I'd go Dame. Thanks for the daily content, brother. Shout out FJ Fantasy Sports. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Been getting the uh, the draft board for the last three years and never going back. There you go. So he knows FJ. 
Is Shea overtaking Jokic as the number one player this year? Maybe. I actually thought Joel Embiid had a chance to overtake him this year, and he does. Joel's right behind Jokic right now. But Shea is way out in front. I don't know that his two and a half steals per game last all season, but uh, Shea's been ridiculous. It's possible. This is sort of the post-championship year. What will be Hero's possible ceiling when he gets back from injury? He's at his ceiling right now, by the way. Tyler Hero was number 42 before he went down. There ain't no way he's getting higher than that. Steals probably come down. Um, percentages probably level off a little bit. I think ceiling is probably 50 to 60 range for Hero. Uh, although, again, right now. Scotty Barnes for Larry Markinen, is that fair? Yeah, either side's cool. Would you trade Scotty Barnes for Demonis Sabonis in a category league? No, I think you can do better right now. Can Caruso be top 100 in Roto when the Bulls blow it up? Kind of depends where he goes, if he's part of the guys who go. The answer is yes, but I have no idea where he ends up. We crossed the one-hour mark. We donezo. Oh, do you have a favorite player in basketball, Dan? Holy crap. So, um, the answer is not really... Uh, playing fantasy sports for this long has made me kind of not attached to anyone. My favorite guys are often the guys who provide me the best value. Like Brooke Lopez has many times lately been my favorite fantasy player. Chris Paul's been my, like not the guys that you talk about. So unfortunately, my love of basketball is strongly influenced by my love of fantasy sports. Uh, you guys know I'm a Laker fan, so I'm going to generally cheer for the dudes on that team. I find Anthony Davis's playoff. Playoff Anthony Davis is one of the most fun things I've watched in a while. Like, what he did to teams to completely blow up everybody's offensive game plan until they had to deal with Jokic was amazing. I found that amazing. Um, but, like, day-to-day, -day, I don't have a favorite player. Play too many fantasy sports. Good question, though. All right, we out. We crossed the one-hour mark. Oh, can Jaquez, can Jaquez hold his fantasy value? Um, once they're fully healthy, uh, probably not. Tyler Hero is the kind of rate-limiting step there. Okay, now we're done. Right, like, uh, try that again, Dan. Rate, like, subscribe on your way out. Much appreciated. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Big weekend review show. I know those are a big hit. I'll see you guys over on social. At Dan Bespris. Peace.